Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with me, your host, Icy Sedgwick. I hope that you're doing quite well now that we're into September. And can you believe it's actually the autumn equinox on Monday, if you're listening to this before the 23rd? It's just, where has this year gone? It's ridiculous. We're also almost at 40 episodes of the podcast already, which again is quite fascinating to think of. Anyway, we're going to continue with the urban folklore theme. And this is going to be the last episode in this series. And then next week, we're going to start on all things spooky and Halloween and October because obviously it's Halloween month. But we're going to basically move things to my hometown of Newcastle and we're going to have a look at the vampire rabbit. Now, anyone who ever meets me, if you ever meet me in town, the first thing I will do is take you to meet the vampire rabbit because he's awesome. And I think everyone should see him at least once in their life. And... He basically is a little carving of a rabbit on the back of a building. And if if you know Newcastle, if you go to Cathedral Buildings on Dean Street and actually go to the back of the building, so you can either access it by going up Cathedral Stairs from Dean Street and then turn right, or go around the back of the Cathedral from Collingwood Street. And again, you'll see him on the back. And there's this really, really weirdly ornate door for no apparent reason on the back. Like the rest of the building looks like the back of a building. But then there's this really over the top doorway and he's above that. And the back of the building also faces the eastern end of St Nicholas's Cathedral. Now, the cathedral buildings themselves obviously named because they're next to the cathedral. And it was completed in 1901 by the architects Oliver Leeson and Wood. And this six-storey building was actually inspired by the Sparrows House in Ipswich. And it just stands out because it's this weird Rococo confection that just doesn't really belong on Dean Street. I mean, it's cool, but, you know, it does look a bit strange. So why on earth would it have a vampire rabbit on the back? That's what we're going to have a look at now. Now, as far as anyone can tell, the vampire rabbit has always been on the building. And he did have short arrays in the past and he was even white at one stage. And there's a picture of a white vampire rabbit on my blog. If you go to www.icysedgwick.com forward slash vampire hyphen rabbit hyphen Newcastle. The link's in the the show notes to make that easier. Anyway, so he was white at one stage. And he's, he's, at the moment he's black and he's got red fangs and claws. But they're because of a newer paint job. So he used to fit in with the pink and white sort of Wedgwood style back of the building, but now he doesn't. And according to one story, a builder actually knocked off his original ears, which were much shorter, and the replacements are therefore longer and look more like the ears of a hare. He is also sometimes referred to as a gargoyle, but that is incorrect. So when you see a a creature or something sticking out the side of a church, if it's got a water spout in its mouth, it's a gargoyle. Because the whole point of them is, this is before obviously modern guttering and so on came in. When the rain came down the roof, if there wasn't anything to direct its flow, it would just basically run down the side of the building and could obviously then cause structural damage. 
with the water spout, it then carries the water like a further couple of feet away from the building, so at least it preserves the structural integrity. So if you see a carving on the side of a building and it has a water spout, then it's a gargoyle. If it doesn't, it's a grotesque, which is just merely meant for decoration. So that's what our vampire rabbit is. He's not a gargoyle. But the thing is, there aren't really any precedents for vampire rabbits as grotesques, and there certainly aren't any precedents for them in vampire lore either. And he was referred to at one point as the demon rabbit, but it's still not a typical association. You don't generally look at rabbits and think of them as demonic. I mean, there's obviously the Monty Python links and so on, but obviously remember, our guy dates back to about 1901-1902, so predates Monty Python by quite some, some stretch of time there. But rabbits in general are usually associated with fertility because of how quickly they breed, madness, purity or cunning and intelligence. Now that seems like a bit of a ragtag mix of associations right there, but you only need to look at Br'er Rabbit to see the cunning and intelligence in effect. If you look at rabbits in Renaissance art, they either relate to purity and they end up getting put in with the Virgin Mary or because of the fertility links they're put in with Venus and with her being goddess of love and romance and sex and all that. So could the vampire rabbit actually be a hare? There are several theories about him. None of them are definitive. Most of them rely on hearsay. But this theory that he's actually a hare means that he's there as a nod to the work of the engraver Thomas Buick. Now his workshop was very close by and there is actually a plaque to show you where it was in the area. And his work does indeed feature a range of hares and rabbits. But it does seem a little bit far-fetched because the rabbit or the hare, whichever way you look at him, isn't particularly naturalistic, unlike Thomas Buick's work. So if it is a nod to his work, it's not a very good one. And hares themselves certainly play a particularly strange role in folklore. And I went digging and I found that there's an English superstition that means a fire is imminent if you see a hare running through a village. In Cornwall, seeing a white hare means a storm is on the way. And if an old hare crosses the path of a pregnant woman, her child will be born with a hare lip, which seems a bit excessive. And obviously the big one of all of them is a lot of people believe that witches took the form of hares to reach their gatherings. So if you saw a hare running around in a field at night, it would make people quite uneasy. I have an issue with that because these same people also thought that witches rode a broomstick to get to the gatherings. So it's one or the other people. But could any of this explain the vampire rabbit? One Spanish superstition gives us a slight link. And that's that people believed hares dug up graves and ate from the corpses at night. And because of this, nobody liked to eat the flesh of a hare. It's unlikely that the vampire rabbit or vampire hare, whichever he is, has any links with Spain. But he does overlook a graveyard. So could this be some weird kind of slight vague nod to that superstition? Who knows? We're going to get to the graveyard bit in a minute though. Because according to Random Times, there is actually a theory that the hare is a joke in architectural form. And one of the building's architects was friends with Sir George Hare Philipson. Now, he was a doctor at Newcastle's Royal Infirmary Hospital and also a founder of a Masonic Lodge as well. And in this theory, the vampire hare is basically poking fun at or honouring the good doctor and his work. It's possible, obviously, if you're an architect and you have the opportunity to add a random grotesque to a building, I'm pretty sure I would. But the fact that he's on the back of the building is a key point. Now, obviously, if you're going to make a joke at someone's expense, 
putting the thing on the back of the building is a good way to hide it. But the funny thing is, the front entrance of the buildings isn't actually really as grand as the back, and the front doesn't feature any fantastical creatures as far as I can tell. I did wonder if the vampire rabbit was linked with witchcraft because of this old belief that witches could turn into hares, and because he's opposite a cathedral, perhaps somebody associated with the building had a problem with Christianity, but because it dates to 1901, we're sort of kind of getting into slightly more secular times by this point, so again, probably not. This is where the, the, the very tenuous link comes in, because this, the cathedral grounds that he watches over were once used for burials. Now it's a car park for the church, so is the vampire rabbit there to keep the inhabitants in line? The cathedral predates cathedral buildings by quite some margin, but it, it, it's always possible, I guess. And there are tales of vampirism in the area, because when they decided to make the car park and they then relocated the unfortunate burials... According to some tales, some of the corpses were actually discovered buried facing down. And this is supposedly a means of keeping vampires in the grave because when they wake up and they start digging, they'll just dig themselves further into the earth instead of back out of it. So, is the rabbit a reference to that at all? And if we're going to string these tenuous links even further, you'll often find dead rabbits in Dutch vanitas paintings. And these are also known as memento mori paintings. And they're really, really miserable if you ever see them. And their intention is basically to remind the viewer that death comes to us all. So you'll often find in these paintings you'll get like rotting fruit or skulls or there's often like hourglasses and basically anything to say like death is coming. Um, it's like the supreme goth work really. And this like cheerful work often includes rabbits as prey animals. So you'll often get to see these dead rabbits just in among skulls and all these other things. So basically, because the vampire rabbit is opposite what was once a graveyard, is he there to remind us that, like those he watched over, we're not immortal either? Bit of a tenuous link, but you know, this is the problem with the vampire rabbit. There is so little in the way of why he's there. All we can really do is just speculate, which takes him sort of into the realm slightly of the urban legend, but he, he himself exists. There is an actual physical thing on the back of the building. And I'm not really sure when he became famous as such, but he's definitely become an object of fond association for locals. And back in 1998, the vampire rabbit even made an appearance in Tinseltoon, a children's fairy tale set in Newcastle. Obviously, Toon being the way we pronounce town. And in it, all the historic statues, and there are a lot of them, of the city come to life one Christmas Eve, and that includes our infamous bunny. And here, he's not so much a vampire as a vegetarian, and in the the, the story he's just trying to eat some grass in the churchyard so he's not actually that far from binicular or countocular if you want to go outside the species barrier and i first came across him on a ghost walk around the castle garth area in around 2008 so i had lived in the city for you know quite some years at that point and i'd literally never come across him before so it just shows how easy it is to overlook the fact that he's even there he was at one point the cover image on a tourism brochure, which just shows you the Newcastle sense of humour. He also appears on posters to advertise the area. You'll often get him used in adverts for the Newcastle Castle in particular, which if you are in Newcastle and you haven't been, absolutely go and see it. It's, it's amazing as a piece of engineering and structural architecture. If you've been to Dover Castle, it was designed by the same guy, so a lot of the layouts are very similar. And the Vampire Rabbit was also lit up during the Glow Festival in 2006. So again, they really, really drew attention to his existence 
on the back of the building. And to be honest with you, I don't really know why he's there and I don't really care. I just quite like the fact that I live in a city where we think it's a good idea to have vampiric bunnies as ornamental decor. But it does mean that we do have lots of reasons of why he might be there. And quite frankly, any of them could be right, all of them could be right, or all of them could be wrong. We'll never know. And that's the point of folklore a lot of the time. Nobody knows what the original story is and you get to have your own interpretation. So that is it for this week's episode. As I say, we're going to move on to all things Halloween and we're going to start off with the folklore of black cats, obviously being the witch's most obvious familiar and I just love black cats. So tune in next week for that. Remember, I do have additional bonus content on Patreon. So if you want to get sort of special bundled issues of all the blog posts with images and links and all this other kind of nice jazz, or you want the bonus episode of all things supernatural and strange, then please do check out what my bonuses are because it does help me keep this going and pay for hosting and all that kind of jazz. So I will bid you adieu. I will see you next week, hopefully. If you have got any requests for anything Halloween-related, bearing in mind we will be looking at pumpkins, broomsticks, spells, all that kind of thing. If you've got anything specific you'd like me to have a look at, please do let me know, and I will speak to you soon. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com, and that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images, and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead, and I'll see you soon. Cheerio!